Now I'm going to try to keep the energy level a little high tonight because uh, I know that many of you are like, I, Pastor Brian, you stole an hour from me. I did not steal anything from you. Uh, that happens to be a good old thing that each and every one of us get to enjoy called Daylight Savings. If you've done any research on it, it's interesting to note that it was uh, happened to do with during the war. They were trying to save energy during uh, World War I, so that's when it first started, continued into World War II, and uh, we're still doing it today. Sounds a lot like sometimes the church. We just keep doing things. They don't make no sense, but we just keep doing them anyways, you know. Sorry, uh, just maybe pastor humor. Um, just a little bit there. Hey, can we just, uh, in fact, can we just do this? Would you just do me a favor? Would you just stand to your feet all across the room for a moment? Um, I feel that the Lord has uh, laid a word on my heart and uh, just kind of has set the stage for us to experience something today um, that I think could be life-changing. So I don't know if today, if you're here, um, because this is a place that you attend on a regular basis, you're a part of this church body, or if maybe today you're just checking it out. Um, but regardless of why you're here, I know this, that God knows your name. He knows exactly why you're supposed to be here and uh, has something, I believe, uh, just specifically tailored for you today. Um, it, the amazing thing about the Holy Spirit is this, is that the Holy Spirit is consistently all the time doing not only a corporate work, but an individual work. It doesn't make sense in my mind. I, I don't even understand it. I, I, it's crazy because sometimes I'll speak and uh, people will be like, and, and I'm thinking the overarching is this, and people are like, oh, Pastor Brian, this is what spoke to my heart. And I'm like, it's only the Holy Spirit because I didn't even say anything about that. <laughs> and, uh, but the Holy Spirit is the one who does that. So today, let's just take a, a, a posture of just allowing the Lord to move in this place. So would you just pray with me? God, I just thank you for your spirit that is alive and welcome here. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We recognize that today is a day where, yeah, we lose a little bit of sleep, but God, we recognize that this is a day that you have made, and God, we recognize that you have an individual word for each and every one of us. So God, I pray that you'd open our hearts to receive today what you would have to say. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would have your way in this place. Um, we can't do this on our own. In fact, we, we need you, Holy Spirit. We, we need you, Heavenly Father, and uh, I just pray that you'd be here in this place. Open our hearts to receive today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, give, your, give your neighbor a high five if you're sitting down and say, come on! All right. Well, have you ever been in a place where you felt like God was wrecking you? Anyone been in a place where you felt like God was wrecking you? Now, sometimes, you know, a lot of times when we think of being wrecked, we we equate that many times to a negative connotation, but can I just say it's a good wrecking, right? Like it's like you have this encounter with the Holy Spirit, it begins to change things, it changes the way you think. And uh, can I just encourage you with something? I really believe that this week that I, I, that I was wrecked by the Holy Spirit. Um, but, but here's what's crazy is, is it wasn't emotion. Um, it wasn't because I you know, fell out in the spirit. It wasn't because I had this joyful dancing around moment. Um, can I just tell you, it was just a moment where the Holy Spirit wrecked me in a way. And, and can I just challenge us real quickly, because we're going to be talking about a hidden figure today. 
But can I challenge us with, with just a thought, and that is this, is that sometimes the way God wrecks us, yeah, we do respond in emotional ways. Sometimes the way God wrecks us, it's, a, it's just a peaceful, it's a still, it's, a, it's just like an assurance of God like just saying, listen, I have something for you, I just need you to grab a hold of this. And uh, so many times uh, being a Pentecostal church, we relate moments with the Holy Spirit to being these crazy, charismatic, expressive moments. But um, I think God also is a gentleman, and I think that many times the way that he works is he does it in still, quiet ways inside of our hearts and our lives. And I would just challenge each and every one of us to be open to what God is doing, and I really believe God is doing something. Um, even this week, I um, found myself in a place where, I, so I went to a conference this week, and I've been to a lot of different conferences, and uh, great speakers uh, great moments, but as I was there at this conference, there was something that seemed very familiar, but yet wasn't this blatant, just out there in your face moment, but, but there was this familiarness that, that I have experienced in my life, and, and I was sitting there this week at this conference and just kind of taking in and, and, and listening to great speakers and, and great communicators, and they were powerful, and they brought timely words, and, um, but that wasn't it. It wasn't the environment, though this building was amazing. I mean, just an incredible building. Uh, just uh, opened up a new wing on this whole church uh, like a little over two years ago. No, less than a, actually a year ago. A year ago, they opened up a whole new wing and kids wing and, and student wing and offices. I mean, like, and, and, the, and the environment was incredible, but it, but it wasn't that. Um, it wasn't the hospitality, though the hospitality was at a, was at a level higher, and, and this is a huge compliment for this church. I, it was better than Disney, and um, the people were so welcoming, so over the top. I mean, people who were serving the hidden figures. I mean, that's really what it was. There was incredible hidden figures all throughout the entire place, and they just, they just said, man, I will serve. I will do whatever. They weren't there for themselves. They were there to give out. It was, it was incredible, but it wasn't that. It wasn't the people that I knew from around the country and, and just people that I've become friends with through the years, and, and it was just, it was a really neat trip because I, uh, for the first time, really, uh, I was sitting there walking around, and I was like, man, God has really connected me with some amazing people throughout the years, and, but it wasn't that. It wasn't the access that we received, though we had. It wasn't the systems that we observed, though they were solid and gave clear marching orders. It, really, it, really, it wasn't any of that. Um, what made everything different, what made everything go to a whole other level was this, this one simple thing that the Holy Spirit was normalized there. Now you may say, well, Pastor Brian, what do, you, what do you mean, like normalized? It was just a normal thing. It wasn't this weird, kooky, crazy thing. The Holy Spirit was just normal there. It wasn't, it wasn't like this, oh, oh my goodness, like speaking in tongues, that's just so weird. It was like, it was just normal. Like among all the people, it was just a normal thing. It was just a normal thing that they engaged in the prophetic. It was just normal that people were being healed. It was just normal that people were being prayed for. It was just a normal thing in the house that everywhere you went, there was just this normalizing of the Holy Spirit. Now, normal does not mean that we downplay the influence of it. It just means that it's something that was so familiar in the house. And I was sitting there and I was thinking about all this and processing through it and 
we were processing through it with the guys that had come with me. One of the things that um, I recognized was that there was a hidden figure among the church. Now remember, a hidden figure, we've said by definition, is something that's out of sight, something that's obscure, and something that's unexplained. Out of sight, obscure, and unexplained. And can I just say, it was out of sight this week. It was obscure. And there was even moments where it was unexplained. Today I want to look at one major figure um, as we wrap up this hidden figure series who in many ways, I mean, when you look at just the character and the nature of this person, what you would see is, is they were there before creation ever began. Um, they uh, were known as the spirit hovering over the waters, over the dark, over the disor- disordered waters of the earth, and, and he brought order to it and, and began to spread goodness throughout the entire parts of creation. It's the same one who empowered Joseph to understand and interpret the dreams that would save his people. He was the one who empowered the artist named Beth Zazel, who created beautiful things in the tabernacle of God. He's the one who empowered the prophets of the Old Testament to bring messages of hope from God to his people. He's the one who descended upon Jesus when he came up out of the Jordan River. He's the one who descended upon a group of 120 who said, hey, listen, even though I was not chosen, I'm going to put myself in a place of receiving, who waited in an upper room for marching orders and said, you know what, I'm going to experience something amazing no matter how long I have to wait. And our hidden figure today that I want to wrap this series up is, is, is the Holy Spirit. Now here's the thing that's interesting about the Holy Spirit is In many ways, the Holy Spirit is unknown to people, and yet always working in their lives. I mean, the Holy Spirit is always working in people's lives. Whether you serve Jesus or you don't serve Jesus, the Holy Spirit is the one who's always convicting. He's the one who's always drawing. He's the one who's always working behind the scenes. He is the true hidden figure. He's the declared promise one that Jesus said he would leave. But for some of us, we, um, and, and I'll be honest, in some ways, even myself, have struggled through the years with talking about it because there's things that are hard to understand and even things that are hard to comprehend. Paul talks about the Holy Spirit like this. He says after he's been wrestling with this idea of the battles that we face, and, and Paul's talking about how so many times in, in life we're facing these battles, and, and in the midst of these battles, as we're struggling along, he says our battle is not against flesh and blood. He says, but it's a spiritual battle. And so he encourages us with this idea of putting on the full armor of God. And, and many of us know what we're referring to there. It's, it's basically the armor of the Lord. So the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel shoes of peace, the, the belt of truth, the, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith. This idea that you and I are to be protected by the full armor of the Lord and that those things come into our lives. Ephesians chapter 6 Verse 18 says this, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. And then Paul says this, to that end, keep alert. Come on, pay attention. With all perseverance, making supplication for all saints and also for me, that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. What is Paul saying? Paul's saying, listen, you and I need power to actually proclaim the gospel, the good news. 
And then he says, for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare boldly as I ought to speak. See, one of the things that really challenged me this week was, was this idea of the Holy Spirit being living and active inside of our lives. And when we allow the Holy Spirit to be normalized in a place, what the Holy Spirit says is, he says, oh, okay, I'm welcome here to move, to work, and to do things in the lives of people. But see, so many times we think that the Holy Spirit is about making us comfortable. I've been sharing lately about how many times we come into an altar and we think that the Holy Spirit is there for us to just receive. Oh, if I could just have an experience with the Lord, then that's, that would mean I met with the Holy Spirit. But what, what does Paul remind us of? This scripture verse literally right up here says what? He's an ambassador in what? In chains. We know that Paul's in prison. We know that Paul is experiencing heartaches and pain. And yet Paul is saying, I have the Holy Spirit, like I've received this, like it's the very thing that's empowered me to continue to do what? To boldly proclaim, not to be comfortable. Paul reminds us that God calls us not to, God calls us not to easy living, but actually calls us to faithfulness. God calls us to faithfulness. It's not about easy living. It's not about those things that we look around and we go, oh, well, it, it's about my comfort. No, that has nothing to do with your comfort. It has everything to do with the Holy Spirit wants to empower you to then go do the work of the ministry. But so many times we, we want it easy. And the thing I was challenged with this week was, Brian, will you just be faithful? Come on, I didn't call you to, to easy living. I didn't say pastoring was going to be easy. I didn't, I didn't say being a follower of Jesus was going to be easy. I said that if you'll be faithful, then I'll be faithful. I said that if you'll, if you'll be faithful, Brian, you'll continue to see me move. And you'll continue to see great things happen. And you'll continue to see marriages restored. And you'll continue to see people healed. And you'll continue to see people set free from addictions. You'll continue to see me move, not because of what you've done, Brian, but because I'm faithful. So all I'm calling you to do is just to live a faithful life. But it comes to the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I, I love how Francis Chan, he's an author, pastor, and in his book called Forgotten God, he writes it this way. He says, if you or I had never been to church or had read only the Old and New Testament, we would actually have significant expectations of the Holy Spirit in our lives. What is he saying? He's saying, listen, if you had never been to the church, if you'd never seen God kind of put into a box, quote unquote. I'm not saying the church is wrong. I'm not even saying how we do church is wrong. I'm just saying sometimes what happens is, is we've seen God move in certain ways and so we think, well, that's the only way God moves. But when you read the pages of scripture, you would actually read something completely different because he moves in very, very different ways. And if we actually read and believe these accounts, which I believe we do, then we would expect a great deal out of the Holy Spirit. He wouldn't be the hidden figure, he would be the prominent figure. He'd be the one that we would actually remember as a part of the Godhead, the Trinity, not the forgotten one. We would expect a new life with the Holy Spirit to look radically different than our old life without him. You see, boldness is something that's been given to you and to me. It's the same boldness that we can be sitting there and, and take a moment and, and ask someone to pray for you or to pray with them. 
when we were going around and we were eating at various restaurants and different places, we would constantly engage in people. And then there was a moment we went out, um, it was late at night, we're sitting in this restaurant, the waitress is running around, she's the only one working the entire floor, she was what we would call, she was slammed, I mean there was just people everywhere and it was just nuts and she was not the nicest person. <laughs> and um, the goal then became to actually, by the end of the night, make her nice, to get her to smile and it was like, we're going to break her down. And so Mike and I kind of tag teamed. And can I just say, uh, Mike and I are a, a lot alike in some of those ways. We're going we're gonna to get somebody. We're going we're gonna to bring it down. And at the end of the night, we're going up and I'm paying. And I'm sitting there in that moment. And I, and I was like, man, is it, has it been a rough day? Oh, yeah, man, it's been slain. And then she says, and then I'm just in a ton of pain. And I looked at her and I was like, well, ma'am, do you mind if I pray for you? And she's like, no. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then Mike's like, well, what I would have said is I would have told her about how, you know, God moves through prayer and healing and told my personal story, and then I would have asked her to pray. It's kind of like, you just went for the jugular. And I'm, he didn't say it in that way, but that's how I felt when he was saying that later to me. Um, and it was, it was good. It was good. But here, here, here's the thing. Um, what that woman didn't even realize in that moment is the access that I had to the Father for healing to take place. The reason why I bring that moment up is because I think a lot of us are sitting here in the room and we don't even realize the access we have. In her mind, she's like, well, I've had people pray for me. People say that kind of stuff all the time. I mean, come on, we were in Texas. Down in Texas, everything's, you know, like everyone goes to church. There's big churches everywhere. I mean, everywhere you look, there's like these ginormous churches. You're like, how many people go to church in Texas? I don't know, a lot, <laughs> because there's a lot of very large churches down there. And you may say, well, then how come they're just not experiencing great moves of the Holy Spirit? Why? How come, how come like the whole entire state of Texas isn't one for Jesus? Well, can I just say, I think it's because a lot of people are sitting there in their seats and don't realize the access that they have to the Holy Spirit. They think they're just ordinary men and women. But yet what we see is hidden figures are ordinary men and women who recognize the access that they have to the Holy Spirit to courageously spread the message of Jesus Christ. So this key figure that we're talking about here, the Holy Spirit, is one who paid the price. It's what Matthew 28, 19 talks about. It says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So the purpose of the Holy Spirit is not so you can feel better. It's not just so you can have better prayer time, though those things come with it. No, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is so that you would be bold to go share your faith, to go speak the gospel, to go declare healing over people. That's what it says. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Peter and John had... Um, a moment where they were filled with boldness. In fact, such boldness that people recognized based upon their boldness that they had spent time with Jesus. Acts chapter 4, verse 13, 
says this, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. Come on now, is there any uneducated, common people around? I mean, come on now. Each and every one of us, but, but here's what's crazy is, is they're looking at it and they're going, man, I don't understand what's different about them. So basically what happens is the scripture continues to read, it says they recognized that they had been with whom? With Jesus. They were like, man, something has happened in their lives. Something has happened inside of them. Well, what? They'd been but Jesus. A few verses later in verse 31, it says, and when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with what? Boldness. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's a continued pattern. It's like the Holy Spirit comes onto the scene, boom, they're gonna continue to be bold. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart, and one soul. Do you know what the enemy loves to do? He loves to bring disunity to what God is trying to do. See, the attacks never come at the church from outside of the church. They always come from inside of the church. It comes through gossip. It comes through slander. It comes through, you know, uh, I don't really trust. I don't really understand. I don't really, and, and the list could go on and on of all the reasons, but basically what all that boils down to is this, is disunity. But when there's unity, when the people are together in unity, when they're in one heart and one soul, then we see the church just catapults out onto the scene. That's what happens with the early church. But what we have to do is we have to recognize where did they get this boldness from? So Peter and John tells us this in Acts chapter 1. It says, while they were staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Then verse 8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So what happens when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? You'll receive power. A pastor I worked for a while back, and he's an author. He's written like over 60 books. His name is Dave Williams. And uh, Dave Williams wrote a book called Filled, and in it he gives this great picture of our relationship with the Holy Spirit. And he talks about how, how the Holy Spirit, really there's this three dimensions to our relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so if you're taking notes, I want you to write these three down. Um, in your handout, three dimensions to the Holy Spirit. The, the first is this, is that he draws us. The Holy, the Holy Spirit draws us. And you might say, well, Pastor Brian, what, what, do you, what, what do you mean by the Holy Spirit draws us? Here's what I mean. Some of you may be sitting here in this room today and you may think, well, I'm just, I just showed up. I believe the Holy Spirit was drawing you here. I believe that the Holy Spirit is constantly drawing us into a closer relationship with the Father. The Holy Spirit is constantly encouraging us to come and spend time at the Father's feet, to spend time in his word, to spend time in prayer, to spend time in worship, to spend time in community with the others. It is our relationship with the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit is constantly drawing us in. And when he's constantly drawing us in, one of the things he's doing as well is he's convincing us and convicting us. 
This idea of him drawing us in sometimes comes through conviction. So yesterday I was convicted. I was operating on a very low amount of sleep. Kasha's giggling because she knows this was going to come out. But I was operating on a very low, low amount of sleep. I flew in. Uh, we flew in because all our flights got messed up and everything. So I, I basically uh, dropped the guys off in the morning uh, on Saturday morning around like 3 o'clock. And I still had to drive to Flint. So then I drove all the way up to Flint, got to the hotel at like 4.30 in the morning, and then uh, crashed in bed with Kasha after I'd been gone for a week and I just cuddled up. And then the next thing you know, the alarm's off like two hours later and it's time to get up because Gabe has his short sermon and uh, so I'm getting up so I uh, caffeinated a little bit took some five-hour energy drinks and uh, plural Um, (laughs) and so I knew I still had to drive home and so I'm driving home and my my vehicle is not a vehicle that we normally drive long distances because it has a lot of issues and uh, it's it's a junker and uh, I love that junker because it keeps running. But uh, a lot of times what will happen is when I've been on the highway, um, for whatever reason, when you go to stop, it tries to pull you forward and then it dies. And uh, so I'm coming off the highway, little amounts of sleep, and uh, I'm turning uh, on, at Celine. I'm going to go to the gas station in, uh, right in Ypsilanti at the Sam's Club there. I'm getting ready to turn and the car dies. And I'm like, ah, oh, and I'm frustrated with the car dying and I go to start it back up and it dies again. And I'm like, ah, oh. and then this guy pulls up behind me and just, Aah! and doesn't, not just, Aah! just, Aah! I mean, he's just blaring his horn and he's just like, and then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm like, I'm trying to get the car started. It's not starting everything. And Aah! it's like, are you an idiot? And uh, so I'm going to go a little bit into my flesh for a moment and tell you what was going through my mind. Um, so the guy's behind me and everything, and I'm just like, I kind of like do this, you know, and I'm like, ah. finally the car starts, and I get ready to go, and, and, and uh, so I'm, I'm going, and uh, the guy is just on me still. I mean, still on his horn. And I'm just like, all right, you, you want to see how slow I can go, buddy? So I'm, I'm going super slow, and this guy is just going berserk behind me. All of a sudden, he whips around me. The, 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 the uh, guardrail is right here. He whips around me, and he is so close to that, and here's what I'm thinking in my mind. I'm going to slam this sucker into the guardrail. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's what I was thinking. Gabe was in the car. He's in the car. By this time, the guy's window's down. He's doing this. I rolled my window down. I'm doing this. I have to get over to, get the, to let the guy in because he's, he's going to get around me and then he's just going berserk and everything. And then literally I roll, I got the window down and he's yelling out his window at me things and I'm, my car died! <laughs> I was just so mad. So then the guy's like, yeah, whatever, buddy, and everything. So then I start going, come on into Sam's Club, buddy. Come on, I'm literally motioning him in. I am going to kick your... Mm. I was so angry, and, um, and Gabe literally said, Dad, I, I, I couldn't look at your hand because I thought, I don't want to see you if you're flicking them off, you know? <laughs> I, did, I didn't flick them off, no. No, but, but I, 
And I, I mean, I was so, I was so, so angry. I mean, I was just, and you know what the Holy Spirit did after that? He convicted me. Like, okay, Brian, that's what's going to come out of you? Because I, I was, and seriously, the rest of the ride home, I just kept saying to Gabe, I'm like, oh, so mad. I wish that guy like, would have pulled into Sam's Club. And Gabe's like, Dad, that would not have been good. <laughs> you're right, you're right. But I, I was just, I was so angry and so just, Oh, like I wanted justice. I wanted to be the guy to right the wrong. Dude, don't you know my car is not, I mean, come on, I'm frustrated enough about the car, and then you're going to sit there and lay on your horn the whole time, and then you're going to almost, you know, hit me, and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, are you serious? I will right this wrong, buddy. I am amped up on five-hour energy, <laughs> lack of sleep, angry, all those things. But the Holy Spirit convicted me. And so later that night, I literally was getting ready for bed and everything, and I told the story to Kasha, and she's like, you can't tell that story tomorrow. And I'm like, I've got to tell it. <laughs> but, I mean, the Holy Spirit convicted me. Because why? Because the Holy Spirit is constantly drawing us in, saying, Brian, that's not who you are. I mean, what, what would you have done, Brian? What, 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 moment, what, what good would have come out of that moment? Like what? And the Holy Spirit was convicting me and drawing this out of me and saying, Brian, there's something more to this life than just you responding by your actions and allowing the circumstances of life to dictate your anger and dictate how you respond. The Holy Spirit is saying, listen, there is a deeper place that I want you to go. There's a deeper place that I want you to go, regardless of how much sleep, regardless of the circumstances. Who cares about that? It's about the Holy Spirit saying, listen, there is something deeper and greater that I want to do. And listen, the Holy Spirit is the convictor. The Holy Spirit is the prosecutor. He's the one who takes care of everything. And instead of us trying to get it, instead of us trying to figure it out, instead of us saying, no, I've got all the answers, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to draw people in. And what my response should have been is not a response of, come in, buddy, but a response of, God, there's something going on in that man's heart. That man has not experienced you, I can tell. I don't know what's going on in that man's life. But instead, I'm like, come on into Sam's Club, buddy. The Holy Spirit draws us. The second thing is this, is the Holy Spirit comes into us. See, the Holy Spirit enters into the heart and the life of every Christian. When you give your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside of you. The Holy Spirit enters into the heart and the life of every Christian. Acts 2.37 says this, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews and Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. The Holy Spirit, when he comes and dwells inside of us, he comes and dwells in us. The Holy Spirit comes into us and we're sealed and we're marked for eternity. We are known as sons and daughters of the King. So the Holy Spirit draws us, he comes into us. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, and believed in him, 
were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. You were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. He comes into us. The next is this, is, is he empowers us. He empowers us. And, and this is the one that I think that me, we many times forget um, as Christians. Mike Torres, will you jump up on stage real quick? So, Mike, you're a strong guy. So, um, what, I, what I need you to do is I need you to use this right here, and I need you to cut that with this. I mean, power. You're all right. So, that right there is a sawzall. Use the trigger. Figure it out, buddy. It works. So here's the interesting piece is that the Holy Spirit does empower us. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, I will baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me, get at it, man. Make it happen. Uh, just cut that in half. You have the tool. Um, whose sandal I am not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. You're doing good. Luke chapter 24, verse 49 says, And behold, I am sending the promise of the Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power um, from on high. Ephesians, you're doing good. Ephesians 5, 18 says, Be filled with the Spirit. John 7, 38 says, rivers of living water. Acts 10, 44 says, while Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on him, and all who heard and the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles, for they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. You're not working. And, um, and, you, and you know, here's what's interesting. You know why, you know why Mike's not working is because it's really hard to do things um, oh, here. Sorry. So, my, this, this is a great example right here of what we do as Christians all the time. I mean, we're, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. The tool's there. You've got everything you need to do the work. It's just, you're not activating the Holy Spirit. You're not, you're not activating the power of God in your lives. The, the tool is still there. Mike, if he, if he wanted to, he just was being lazy. Um, <laughs> and why was he being lazy? Because it's a lot more work when you try to do it on your own. See, some of us, the reason why we're struggling so much with our Christianity is because we're trying to do it on our own. You're, just, you're, trying to, you're trying to do the work, and you're like, I'm, I'm tired, Pastor Brian. Like, I'm, I'm exhausted, Pastor Brian. Like, you don't understand. Well, it could be just that you're trying to do things without the power of the Holy Spirit activated in your life. Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You, you'll receive power. So, so here, let, let's put this in here and then let me, let me hold this. All right, there you go. Go ahead. 
Okay. That was still a little bit of work. Still required a little bit of action on our end. But once the power was there, it changed everything. And, and, and here's the thing. Thanks, Mike. Um, the thing that each and every one of us have to remember is this. Is you've been given power. The question is, is have you activated it? So the Holy Spirit draws us in. He draws us. He comes into us. When, when you give your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside of you. It's like the power tool. You're given the power tool. Here you go. You got everything you need to accomplish the task that I've set in front of you. Everything you need. I've given you everything. When Jesus said you will do even greater things than I, what he was referring to is I've given you everything you need as followers of Jesus. Everything you need. But the question is, is will you activate it? Will you allow him to empower you? See, maybe you're tired because you've been trying to do it on your own. And the thing I recognized this week that was so life-changing for me was this simple idea that all we have to do is, is ask. See, the Holy Spirit empowers us. So you may say, Pastor Brian, well, what do, what do I need to do? What do I need to do to activate the battery, quote-unquote, to be empowered? Well, just remember, he's already living inside of you. Now, if you don't have a relationship with him, then, then here's what I would say. Repent. Repent. The second would be this. Be baptized. And the third would be simple. Receive. Repent. Be baptized. Received. We have a baptismal tank here this morning. For some to, to publicly confess Jesus as Lord in their life. To go public and say, what Jesus has done on the inside of me, I want that to, to, to be shown to everyone around me and, to, and for people to realize that what God's doing inside of me, I want to publicly declare it to everyone around me. And so we repent. And when we repent and then we receive, and so I wonder how many of us today are sitting here and we're trying to do things in our own power, in our own strength. tired. Pastor Brian, you tell me to be bold. Yes, I'm trying, but I'm tired. Pastor Brian, you tell me that, that to read the word, but I'm, but I'm tired. Pastor Brian, you tell me that I'm supposed to spend time in prayer, but I'm, but I'm tired. Where's your source? So here's what God did in my life this week that wrecked me wasn't an emotional time in an altar. It was me sitting in the seat, just like you're sitting in. And coming to a realization that the Holy Spirit wants to be a normal part of my life. Just allow the Holy Spirit to be a normal part of your life. What would it look like for the Holy Spirit just to be a normal part of your life?
Heavenly Father, God, we sit here in this room today recognizing that you have drawn us through a moment of repentance you you come into us Holy Spirit you are welcome and then you empower us Spirit, do what only you can do in this room. Holy Spirit, I know that there are many of us who have been serving you a long time. We need a fresh outpouring of your Spirit in our lives. Holy Spirit, may you not be something that we look at from afar, but may you be something that's just a normal, everyday part of our lives. We pray in the Spirit. There are so many times, Father, where I don't even know what to pray. And you've given me this heavenly prayer language. It'd be in that moment where I would just utilize that heavenly prayer language and just engage in your presence. May it just be a normal part of who we are. That's not some weird thing. Yeah, we've seen people respond in some weird ways throughout the years. Yes, God, we have. We recognize that a lot of times it's our emotions in it. Sometimes it's just that we've become so overcome with your presence, Father, that we don't even know how to respond. And, and so, Father, we, we look at some of those moments and we think that it's in those moments that, that that's how you always decide to move. But, but Holy Spirit, we recognize this, that the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to empower us to go and to do the work of the ministry. So, Father, I pray that we would not be people who would be trying to accomplish things in our own strength, but that we would be people who would say, Father, empower us. Yes, Lord. ask you this morning if you just stand to your feet across this auditorium we're going to bring the lights down just for a moment I want you just to close your eyes for a moment across this room I believe the Holy Spirit wants to meet with you today it's not through some I believe this. The the way the Holy Spirit wants to meet with you is just if you'll just ask. Just ask. Say, Father, just, just like Peter and John and others received because they asked, I'm just asking, would you empower me with your Holy Spirit? Would you come into me? Would you draw me? If there's things in your life that you need to repent, just ask the Lord right now. Just say, God, would you forgive me? Come on, maybe there's a a moment, maybe not quite like my moment of yesterday, but it's a moment of just saying, God, forgive me of that moment where I operated in my flesh. It's not who I want to be. It's not who you've called me to be. No, you've called me to something greater. So, Father, God, move in our midst. In this place, move in our midst. I believe that as we praise the Lord, as we lift our voices, the Word of God tells us that He inhabits the praises 
of his people. That means that he comes and he dwells among us. He's, he's moving among us. And so I've asked Pastor Scott and the team to lead us in a moment of just declaring through song and lifting our voices. But I'm believing this, that many of you who have been seeking maybe the baptism of the Holy Spirit, maybe, maybe you're saying, man, you know, I would love to have a heavenly prayer language. And some of you are saying, I don't even know what that even is, Pastor Brian. Well, that's okay. You didn't even explain that, Pastor Brian. You're right, I didn't. But you have access to the Father, that you've been given access to the Father. And the Holy Spirit wants to dwell inside of you and, and empower you. And, and I believe that the Holy Spirit will give you a heavenly prayer language. That's for you and Him. And so all you have to do is ask. This song is going to declare that chains fall. It's going to declare that, that he is king, that he's Lord. And some of us, there's some sin, there's some stuff that we need to fall off today. And so could we just put ourselves in a posture of worship right now? We've tried to create the environment, but could you just put yourself in a posture of worship? Maybe it's just hands outstretched in an act of surrender right now. Just an act of surrender of saying, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place, in these moments. Have your way here, Holy Spirit in this place, in these times, in these moments. And let's just lift our voice today and let's just declare that he is king.